Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Deb Fetter. She is going to be speaking to us about lose networking to be successful. Deb is a business development coach focused on helping lawyers and small business owners bring in consistent clients through curious, confident conversations. For the last decade, Deb has committed herself to changing the way we think about work-life balance, allowing for big careers and enjoying our free time. Prior to founding Fetter Development, Deb practiced corporate law for 15 years and holds a history degree from the University of Michigan and her JD MBA from the University of Iowa. She completed her coach training and certification through New Ventures West and completed the training in the Daring Way, which is based on the research of Dr. Brene Brown. Deb is a frequent speaker on business development, authenticity, and communication. Welcome to Tribe Talks, Deb. Thanks for having me, Faye. Delighted to have you. And I just want to go through a little bit of your background, this practicing for 15 years and then pivoting. Could you just tell me a little bit about how that all came to be? You know, I think that there's a few things that I can point to that really helped make that transition. First, I lost my mom almost nine years ago. And when that was happening, I realized that like life happens. And when life happens and you're surrounded by really great people who trust you and you have built that trusting good relationship with, it it makes the landing softer. So I became really curious about the relationships that I had built over the years that allowed me to keep my career and keep it growing even while life was happening. And I wanted other people to have that opportunity. I also realized that we were doing things kind of the hard way. You know, we didn't have to scramble all the time and we didn't always have to feel like we were living in chaos mode. And when I started paying attention to what made it easier and talking to clients about, let us come help make this whole process easier, they were so excited. And when I talked to attorneys about, if we're all gonna work on a team together, let's kind of change the rules in which we talk and interact and how we get work done. Again, so it's easier, more productive, more effective, but also brings in more work. That sounds amazing. So that is amazing. how the transition kind of started. So tell me a bit about this topic. What is it? What is lose networking to be successful? Because that is definitely not the topic that I bet a lot of people are expecting. So how do we do this? Right. And what is it? Let's start with what is it? Well, when was the last time you talked to a business development coach that said, please stop networking, but please stop networking. If we, the the vision that I get with networking is business cards sprinkling like confetti at events and showing up and trying to meet as many people. I've heard people describe it to me as a game. They walk in and as soon as they meet five people, they can leave. Sounds painful. Right. And then I mean, I've heard stories about hiding in cars, like trying to like build up the like desire to get into the event just to give out five quick business cards and run. It just doesn't seem all that fun. But when you change it and decide that you're going to engage in curious conversations where you're going to ask really great questions and go back into research mode, right? Lawyers are really great about researching. So learning about the clients and what they are looking for and what they're concerned about and what they want to know more about rather than doing all the talking or feeling like you have to pitch 
It allows you to build the foundation of a trusting relationship from conversation one. So basically, you have to stop talking, open your mind, and be curious. Absolutely. So can you give me an example of where a person's done that and it hasn't worked versus what would be an example of a where you would be curious? How about an example where they, you know, they think they did it right, but it hasn't quite worked is when we jump into a dialogue, I just actually had one and someone said, I'm starting a new program and this is what I've got and this is how much it costs. And I'm going to go out there and tell everybody about it. And I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm hearing what you want to say. But here's what I've got. And they're waving this program kind of above their head. So instead of hearing where the other person is at, their head is always focused on, but I got to talk about my program. I got to make sure they know about my program. I want them to know about me. Instead of not even worrying about that, that will come with time. If you're asking really great questions, it actually makes you seem smarter. It makes you seem more engaged. It makes you more credible. So what kind of questions did you ask? So one of the things I would ask is with this podcast, Faye, tell me about what your group is looking to really build. And what that question right. is going to do is give us like a big, broad scope. It's going to give us something big to start with. And then I'm going to say, okay, but what has everybody tried that hasn't worked? Because that's going to tell you what they do not want to hear about. Don't, don't give this to us because ugh, it's not what we want to do. We've already written that off the island. And then my favorite question, and by the way, let me go back five seconds, is that everybody's three questions are personal to them. And I think we're going to talk about this later, but anybody who's listening, I invite you to reach out. I will walk you through your three questions, but everybody's are slightly unique based on what you're trying to build. But my favorite third question is always either go a little Cinderella magic wand or pixie dust. I mean, it kind of depends on your favorite character. But if I gave you this magic power and you could change something tomorrow for your group or for your business, what would you do? And when somebody answers that question, they're telling you their biggest pain point. They're telling you what keeps them up at night. Then we can talk about solving that. So you're honing in. Absolutely. So why is this important? It's so important for so many reasons. Number one, who doesn't like to work with people who you have a good trusting relationship with? If work, working on projects over and over and over again requires trust, communication, and this allows you to start right up front. And if there's not that connection, they might not be the best client for you. It might not be who you're meant to work with. And you can start to listen to your gut in a different way. And select. Um, absolutely, right? This is a two-way street, so to speak. Also, when you really engage in this process, what you're going to do is as you have conversations with three, four, five of your ideal clients or people who work with your ideal clients, and you're asking the same questions, not in like a really weird interviewee way, but like in a conversational approach, you know, that we practice. When you do that over and over again, themes arise. The theme I always go back to is my go-to example is if everybody says, we just need a simple checklist, right? And you need to produce a simple checklist. Thank you. See? Right. You're, you've already got it, right? Like if everybody wants this, then that's what we, now. The opposite of that is you can also use it for, let's say, LinkedIn and post about why everybody's asking for a checklist, but they're wrong. Now, what that's going to do is not discredit you with all those people you talked about, 
but they're still going to say, she listened to me. She heard what I said, but wow, she's raising this point. I want to talk to her more about that. Right? So you're, you don't dismiss what they had to say, but you're bringing it in line with your vision about where it could go in the next step based on your own experience, your expertise, some of the research you may have done. So they're starting from a pain point, but they don't necessarily have it. So you're connecting those two. That's a really important point because I've often wondered about that in terms of how do you connect what you're thinking about and where you think things could go with what people are actually saying. So I think that's a brilliant point. What often gets in the way of people doing this besides wanting to stay in the car? And I guess it's probably the proverbial car too, right? You know, it's really scary to put yourself out there. And it's one of the reasons why in my coaching group, we practice introducing ourselves and just chatting about ourselves over and over again in a way that doesn't sound weird and doesn't feel awkward. People don't realize that when you reach out to somebody and say, I love what you're doing in this space. And I would love to learn more. People like to engage in that conversation, but people are scared to even send that email, which is why, like to your point, when you can address what they're, what's getting in their way, it can help get to it. So for instance, I have an email script that I help people put together that allows you just to send the email, just invite them into the conversation. If that's going to take away the fear of engaging in it, let me help you get past that hurdle right up front. Take the action. So once we get the action happening, then we move forward. And it's a quick win, which we've been talking about with another expert in our community, Charlene Lynch, who was saying that that is an excellent way to move forward when you've got a number of challenges. Let's just talk about now the, the filling in the blanks. Let's talk about this email script in more detail. So can you walk us through, what are we gonna be doing here? What are we going to be doing? So I have an email script that again is tailored for you, but who doesn't love a simple fill in the blank worksheet? We're all going back to school right now. There's a lot going on about school chatter. So this is my version of first grade goes to careers. When we do this, we start with what is your job title? And then, but what you actually do is what? And I want you to think big, right? Like what really do you do for your clients? What do you show up and bring to the table? Then I ask if you could give yourself your own title, what would it be? So the sole entrepreneur of a firm, something along those lines, or you're on your way to partnership in a firm. That's part of it. And then sometimes I want you to get a little creative. Like I'm always the errand runner. I'm always the one who you send to the store to buy all the stuff. I don't know why. I'm always the one who, no matter what, I'll order the lunch. So sometimes I'm like the chief errand runner, letting yourself just relax about the title. We're not going to use that. I just want you to start thinking in your head about what you bring to the table. That's just a little bit more than attorney. So it's some value that you think you have. Absolutely. And it can be fun and it can be whimsical. It could be something creative. It could be something out of the box. It could be innovative, jet setter. It could be anything. Absolutely. Sky's the limit. And just a reminder, this is a worksheet for you. The email you will see comes from this, but we got to kind of get those juices flowing a little bit. So then I ask when, when I'm doing what I love, I help people blank. That's a question. Often people say, well, I don't know what I love. I'm not one to skip meals. But, you know, the common question is, if you could work all day and you forgot to eat, what would you be doing? 
And then my favorite project ever was what? Because it involved people that blank and we dealt with issues like blank and blank, right? When, so, when you say favorite project, it has to be an actual project. Can it be a favorite case? Can it be something else? Anything, anything. When you were in your groove, what were you doing? So for me, interestingly, I'm a big picture thinker. I can see the path and like the umbrella in a different way than other people. I don't, I can do the details. I mean, I practiced law for 15 years. I don't love the details. When you ask me what I love to do, I love sitting at that table and being a part of the story. And I love cheering on somebody else's story. I loved it when I practiced law. I love it as a coach and consultant. Other people really love the research. They love digging in and they're getting to like really analyze different pieces of law. All of it's valid. We just have to know from your perspective what you love. Well, let's just talk a little bit about that because I would think even though you're saying that you're a big picture person, to be a coach, you're kind of honing in on an individual. So how does that marry up? So the way I look at it, maybe in a different perspective, is that I am often helping clients see their path work into their details and pull that out. So I'm energized by where they're at and what they're trying to grow. I'm not as concerned about the nitty gritty. A lot of often people say to me, once I have my colors for my business, then I can launch my new practice. I'm actually not going to care so much about the light blue and the font choice as let's go get some tread going here and get some momentum. And I'm going to let you work with the expert on colors and what they mean and how, what they say about you with somebody else. So let's just move on then. We, where were we? We were on number seven or eight? We've done seven and eight. So now we're moving on to, I want to learn more about how different clients, this could also be how different people handle projects like blank and blank, right? So what are projects, or if you could learn just a tiny bit about how your ideal clients or people working with your ideal clients are handling things, what would you like to know? If you, and this is step one of get curious. So when you're getting curious, you're asking questions. How do, you, how do you do your process of being curious? So I'm all about the conversational approach and I really want people to be relaxed. Probably the first time you and I chatted, I used a three question approach with you, but you didn't know it. I didn't say, now Faye, question one is blah, blah, blah. Like that's, it's just rigid word, right? Yes. Rigid. Great word. So what I want to know is like, Hey, I'm working on a project and we're going to get to this here and like on the next page of your script, which is I'm working on a project. I'd love to pick your brain. Now pick your brain is a term that I use. Everybody has their own terms, their own feel. So if you're more formal, use the language that works for you. So it's authentic to you. I always say you okay. can't use Deb's words. You have to use your own. Okay. And that's the next step. Right. So I believe I know how to handle these projects because I want you to remind yourself why you're good at what you do. Why your you, value. Yes. Why you deserve to be a part of that conversation. That's a reminder to yourself. And when the process goes well, this happens, right? When I'm involved in these projects and they all go great, I know what to expect. Like, I know how this is going to roll. And when it hasn't worked, I've learned these, these types things. of things. Right. Now what happens is this. Most people at this point 
start publishing articles. They start posting everywhere. They, they jump on every bandwagon telling everybody why they are awesome at what they do. And nobody listens. Um, why not? Because it's just noise and they're not invested. Nobody asks them to be engaged in the dialogue. When so you they're s- not connecting. They're not yeah. resonating. They don't ha- they're not reaching that person that they need to reach with the message that connects with that person. Correct. Correct. So instead, what I want you to do is put this together in an email. And what I want to do is engage quickly in five to 10 conversations over a very short period of time. And the script talks to you about who to reach out to and how to engage just even in three to five. I always tell people, if you're having trouble, ping me, I'll help you figure out the first three people to talk to. And we're gonna send them an email. And the email is going to say, I'm working on a project focused on, and we go back to our worksheet. And I would love to pick your brain about this. Your expertise is invaluable. I'm really trying to think through this on all angles. Do you have 15 minutes? I just have a few questions. So can you give me an example of somebody that we could plug into this scenario so that we can follow it? We've gone through this part at the beginning, and now we're looking at the email. Can you give me an example of something that we could use here? I think we should pick an attorney because we're kind of an anomaly. How about this? I'm an attorney who is, I'm going to go back. I'm going to pretend we're six months ago and the pandemic is just hitting and doors and countries are shutting quickly and we're scrambling. So what everybody did at that point is they put out a COVID guide. How many guides did you see out there with the same germ photo on the front that said, this is your business's only guide. This is your resource guide. And everybody turned and was producing these like rapid fire dead. You said, you know, Hey Sue, I know your company's scrambling right now. We are trying to be the best resource we can. We're we're pulling together a few different clients. And what we'd like to know is, I, I mean, other than the fact that there's a pandemic out there right now, what is your single, like, what are you trying to focus on providing for your employees right now? And let them just talk. I know people have been throwing resources at you right now. What are you finding useful and not? And then if we could help you solve something, what would it be? So that's kind of the dialogue that should have happened, but didn't, right? But if you had sent an email that said, hey, Sue, I know that right the second asking for 15 minutes of your time is crazy. I know you're stressed and I wish that I could make this pandemic go away, but I think we could help you quickly. If I could just pick your brain for 15 minutes, do you have some time? Grab a cup of coffee, be in your pajamas, grab a glass of wine. I don't care what, but let us help you. Different than somebody saying, I want to, you know, bill you for 0.3 and oh, by the way, read my article that you're not interested in. The article that I crafted without talking to you. Right. So it turns out you're just going to delete it or throw it in the trash. So what do you do now? You've got your research. You've talked to these people. It comes back that maybe what they really need to know, for example, is specifically about what the courts are going to do. What would your response be to that? Create your checklist, put some posts out. What would you do? It dep- So it depends. If they're looking for, we want guidance from the court. And that is my field. So it aligns with what I do, right? They all said this, but it actually aligns with my expertise, which by the way, it does not. But if it did, the first thing I'd I'd say out loud is we are committed to being your court tracker. 
right? This is what we're going to do. And not only that, I'm going to invite every attorney I can think of, whether they are at competing firms or not, to be sending me their tracking info so we can all be pulling it together and be a great resource. I want to be in the conversation, not watching it happen. So you're basically using this not just with the people that you want to get the information from, you're also using it as a collaboration method. Absolutely. So, so if we had an attorney, for example, that was starting out with their own firm, they could reach out to clients that they've had. They could reach out to potential clients. They could put the same type of information together. And then they could also reach out to referral partners to be able to use that information to establish themselves within that network, get vision of expertise happening, and be able to then use all the resources to produce the material. Absolutely. And I will do not discount the conversations with referral partners, right? Referral partners asking them, I, you know, I know that you're working with Sue and she's stressed about her employees. What are you hearing? What are you seeing with, you know, do you have other clients that are in the same boat? Talk to me about what you are seeing out there. So right? we could be having great conversations right now with potential clients about where their businesses are going. For example, people that practice in that area about where their business is going and the types of issues, the biggest challenges that they're having and where their pain points are. Absolutely. Over and over and over again. And what typically happens when the conversation goes well, that's when magic happens, right? That's way more magical than sprinkling, you know, business cards like pixie dust. But what happens is, is somebody says, tell me about your project. I want to learn more. And you have a couple options at that point. You can say, you know what? I'm in the beginning stages of pulling all this together. What I'd love to do is come back and chat with you in a couple of weeks. Or here's, here's what I do. Let me, let me share it with you. So that's why you practice. Like you were talking earlier in your, your community, it's not so easy to put this all together. It, it sounds like it would all just flow, but at the end of the day, it still is you putting yourself up there and talking, even though we're talking about an email here, at some point you're going to actually have conversations. So you're going to be moving from what we've have in the email to the in-person conversation. And this is setting the foundation, I take it. It absolutely is. But I, I mean, it's ripping off a bandaid. These are just conversations. And I always say, do not start with your dream client that if you don't land it, the sky is falling. Start with an old colleague from law school and connect with them. Start with somebody who you used to work with and you want to catch up, get yourself in the practice, but do it quickly. You know, three to five emails right now. And literally take the script, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, send it out get them on the calendar. If you don't have a great calendar scheduling tool, get one. And Any you recommend? I have been a loyal schedule once user for a decade almost. So I, I love it. But when people say to me, oh, it's, it takes so much time to get, you know, a virtual coffee on the calendar. You set it up once you send out the link, people can book a call with you, right? I think we're actually going to send out to your community a way to reach out to me. And I always say, if there's not if there's not a time on there that works, just ding me, ding me on LinkedIn, send me an email, whatever works for you, we'll make it work. But it cuts out a good 75, 80% of the back and forth. So definitely having a process in place. So we've got our email, 
we have to be able to track that when it's coming back as well. So we need to have some sort of system set up before we do this, right? Because even though we're losing the network, we're still building one. We're still Absolutely. building a process. So we need to have things in place. Anything else that you would recommend beyond a spreadsheet, beyond having our email set up to have the appointments made? What else can we do? Anything? I'm kind of a low tech girl at first until you know what's going to work for you. So a spreadsheet is often like the best possible thing, you know, even a file like in your emails that say client emails, and then just being able to go back and look at it and just keep track of those conversations. Do not leave them in your inbox. If you've got like 6,000 emails sitting in that inbox and you think you're going to remember who you reached out to, that's kind of a losing proposition, but keep it simple until you get in a rhythm. I totally believe that as well, because if you don't use the system, it's not a good system. So you really have to have something that is going to be applicable to you that you're comfortable with. What else will we do at this stage? Anything left to do? We would follow up with these people. We've sent out the email. What do we do next? People are going to respond to you, right? People like to share their opinions. People like to be a part of the conversation. So by and large, I rarely have people say I don't get a response. Almost never. Do you record these? Is that something that you would advocate doing? I don't. I want you to pay attention. I just want you to relax and listen and use your gut. If you're worried about the recording, it makes it seem like you're going to use it somewhere. Like, I just want you to be in the moment and not worry about the rest. And these are generally just 15 minute conversations. Really? I mean, I had one right before our discussion today and it was booked 30 minutes before we were meant to start and I was done in, you know, 17 minutes. And honestly, it just kind of flows that way, right? Now, sometimes if that conversation gets going and it's a great potential client, you may stay on longer and you get into a really great discussion. You don't say to them, sorry, I only gave you 20 minutes. I'm done. And then you take your notes and you put them together. And what do you do? I'm a bully. I'm a sticky note fan. So I write down themes on sticky notes other, or, you know, sometimes on the spreadsheets, but I often just think about, okay, this is what I'm hearing people talk about. Lately, I have had more people reach out to me about LinkedIn strategy. So I've started paying attention and I've started asking questions about it. What it turns out is my business development strategy and the LinkedIn strategy marry hand in hand really nicely. So I'm now talking about what you're not really asking for just LinkedIn strategy. You're asking for business development on LinkedIn and how can we make my system and LinkedIn work together? And so I'm talking about that more and more and I'm getting curious about it because it keeps getting brought up to me. So I paid attention. So now you're going to use that in developing another product. Well, actually, you know what I did? So my very first coaching program was called Building Your Courageous Career. And I just remembered it. Seriously, in the last week, I was going through some old photos and I remembered that group and I'm still connected to the women who are a part of it. And I put it out on LinkedIn as this is what the themes were. I went back to my original notes and asked, who's in? Do we want it back in 2020? And started a dialogue about, you know, it's still the same themes that I, you know, that I talk about now. I talked about then. Yeah, we've added some new technology. Yeah, we've added some new things. Yeah, there's a pandemic, but it's still the same. The same feeling is there and people want to come together and to be able to talk and build and collaborate together. So it's been kind of fun. Great. What expected results can we see if we do this? Clients, business, good clients, clients you enjoy, work you enjoy, not clients that match up with your vision. Right. 
So what can we do if the vision that you have, we were talking about that a little earlier. So you have a vision about where you think it is. You've listened to the clients. They've come up with some different things and you implement it. Say, for example, you put out what you are talking about into the community, your old program, but now you're getting other feedback. What would you do? Would you take the feedback and incorporate it? It seems pretty obvious, but maybe it doesn't because it might fundamentally change the program. So what do you do? So you have to listen to your gut, right? You can't, so often people say, I'll do anything for anybody. And that's like fishing in an ocean and hoping to catch a very specific something. It doesn't work. So you have to listen to your gut. And if it's really not aligned, refer them to somebody else whose specialty it is. Connect other people. That will come back to you in spades over and over again in your career and in business if you're helping others. Don't try to learn everything for the sake of holding on tightly to the work. So that's kind of the first thing. The second one is absolutely pivot, tweak, you know, incorporate ideas and or dialogue, bring in an expert to help out, but also be willing to listen when it doesn't align. And this is as important with those initial conversations as hitting a home run, not more so when it doesn't work and it falls flat. Either you're asking the wrong questions or you're talking to the wrong people. Speak really quickly. Okay, great. And you wanted to be able to connect with people to follow up because after we've sent the emails, there's a follow-up process or developing your three questions. Where would we do all that? So I think you're going to send out the booking link to my calendar, which is a bit.ly Deb Fetter breakthrough, um, which will get you onto my calendar. But what happens then is we, we talk through this, right? So if you're nervous about sending the email, jump on my calendar, we'll read it together or send me a copy of it and say, can you look at it? I'm absolutely, I do it all the time. And then we talk through like, who are you really trying to connect with and how do you want your business to grow? And are these the right people to like start to jumpstart those conversations. So we're really looking at two different groups. We're looking at potential clients and we're looking at referral partners and we should be doing both. Absolutely. We're going to start with one. So who would you recommend starting with? It depends on your work, right? So, so an example, if I'm a trust and estates attorney, I might get all of my business referrals from financial advisors. Over the years, I've got this great network of financial advisors and I want to meet some more. I would start with financial advisors. However, if I always get amazing referrals and connections from different mom groups, I'm going to go reach out to five moms and say, okay, you're about to have a baby. I, I'm trying to come up with some ways to make, you know, thinking about estate planning, you know, and guardianships easier. Will you talk to me? And what about corporate commercial? So corporate commercial, same thing. So if you know that you represent businesses in the tech industry, right? You have two choices. If you really love connecting and collaborating and have had some success or an inkling of success with others that are serving your clients in a different way, right? Maybe they are the software providers. Maybe they are the engineers. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways to like look at the outer circle. One of the things that I just did with my community is do a whole, who are those outer layers that are working with your same clients? Connect with five of those and just start the dialogue. It may so, be that in two weeks, we start having the dialogues with your clients, but if it makes you feel better to get to know them better from talking to those people, start there. Don't be nervous about it. Just the longer you wait to start is the longer you're waiting to start. And Deb, I just want to thank you very much for coming on the show today. 
for Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.